Genesis chapter 21. This is God's word. And the Lord visited Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah as he had spoken. For Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age, at the set time of which God had spoken to him. And Abraham called the name of his son, who was born to him, whom Sarah bore to him, Isaac. Then Abraham circumcised his son Isaac when he was eight days old, as God had commanded him. Now Abraham was 100 years old when his son Isaac was born to him. And Sarah said, God has made me laugh, and all who hear will laugh with me. She also said, Who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? For I have borne him a son in his old age. So the child grew and was weaned, and Abraham made a great feast on the same day that Isaac was weaned. And Sarah saw the son of Hagar the Egyptian, whom she had borne to Abraham, scoffing. There, therefore, she said to Abraham, Cast out this bondwoman and her son, but the son of this bondwoman shall not be heir with my son, namely with Isaac. And the matter was very displeasing in Abraham's sight because of his son. But God said to Abraham, Do not let it be displeasing in your sight because of the lad or because of your bondwoman. Whatever Sarah has said to you, listen to her voice, for in Isaac your seed shall be called. Yet I will also make a nation of the son of the bondwoman, because he is your seed. So Abraham rose early in the morning and took bread and a skin of water, and putting it on her shoulder, he gave it and the boy to Hagar and sent her away. Then she departed and wandered in the wilderness of Beersheba, and the water in the skin was used up. And she placed the boy under one of the shrubs, and she went and sat down across from him at a distance of about a bowshot, for she said to herself, Let me not see the death of the boy. So she sat opposite him and lifted her voice and wept. And God heard the voice of the lad. Then the angel of God called to Hagar out of heaven and said, What ails you, Hagar? Fear not, for God has heard the voice of the lad where he is. Arise, lift up the lad and hold him with your hand, for I will make him a great nation. Then God opened her eyes and she saw a well of water. And she went and filled the skin with water and gave the lad a drink. So God was with the lad, and he grew and dwelt in the wilderness, and became an archer. He dwelt in the wilderness of Paran, and his mother took a wife for him from the land of Egypt. And it came to pass at that time that Abimelech and Phicol, the commander of his army, spoke to Abraham, saying, God is with you in all that you do. Now therefore swear to me by God, that you will not deal falsely with me and my offspring or with my posterity, but that according to the kindness that I have done to you, you will do to me and to the land in which you have dwelt. And Abraham said, I will swear. Then Abraham rebuked Abimelech because of a well of water which Abimelech's servants had seized. And Abimelech said, I do not know who has done this thing. You did not tell me, nor had I heard of it until today. So Abraham took sheep and oxen and gave them to Abimelech. 
and the two of them made a covenant. And Abraham set seven ewe lambs of the flock by themselves. Then Abimelech asked Abraham, What is the meaning of these seven ewe lambs which you have set by themselves? And he said, You will take these seven ewe lambs from my hand, that they may be my witness that I have dug this well. Therefore he called that place Beersheba, because the two of them swore an oath there. Thus they made a covenant at Beersheba. So Abimelech rose with Phicol, the commander of his army, and they returned to the land of the Philistines. Then Abraham planted a tamarisk tree in Beersheba, and there called on the name of the Lord, the everlasting God. And Abraham stayed in the land of the Philistines many days. And then we thank God that he blesses us when we read his truth. Well, folks, I'm sure that by this stage, despite COVID, we're all looking forward to Christmas. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas in the Maguire house in the manse. Has anybody else got their tree up yet? Anybody else? A couple of people, yeah, yeah. We, we started at the tree yesterday. Has anybody else been enjoying the Christmas music? the Christmas tunes on. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? They get the Christmas tunes on. Uh, we maybe don't think about it as much this year um, because of the pandemic, and yet we do still hear a few people saying Christmas starts earlier and earlier every year. Isn't that what we hear? Christmas starts earlier every year. I want you to know that actually, according to the church calendar, no matter when the shops start playing the tunes. Christmas has not started. Christmas does not start in December until the 25th of December. That's when Christmas starts. The period that most of us think of as Christmassy or as Christmas is called Advent. That's why we have Advent calendars. Boys and girls, you know, we have Advent calendars with chocolates in them. Advent actually began last Sunday. And today we're going to close our service with an Advent hymn. I have to tell you, folks, I'm a good Presbyterian. And Presbyterians don't really worry about the church calendar. Historically, we're not too worried about it. In fact, we're concerned with the fact that God has given us 52 holy days a year. God has given us 52 Sundays rather than one particular time of the year like Christmas. But in God's providence, I do think that our passage today relates to the notion of Advent. The whole idea of Advent is that as December moves on and the days start drawing in and, uh, and the days get shorter and the nights get longer and, and time drags out throughout the month of December, we're waiting for something. And we as, as God's people be, begin to feel something of the waiting, the anticipation that the people of God in the Old Testament felt waiting for and anticipating the coming of God's Messiah. That's what Advent is about. Just as they waited for hundreds and hundreds of years of darkness, 
So we wait through the darkness before the coming of the light of the world, which we celebrate at Christmas. In our passage this morning, there is an end to waiting. Sarah and Abraham have been waiting for 25 years. And we've been tracking with the story since September and it probably feels like we've been waiting for a long time too. Abraham and Sarah were promised a child back in Genesis chapter 12 and finally in our passage today, Genesis 21, we read, The Lord visited Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah as he had spoken, for Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age. The waiting is over. This long-awaited son, the promised child, after 25 years, the blessing of the everlasting God has come to Abraham and Sarah. I think there's a lesson in that for us. So often, don't we look for God's blessing now? We want it in an instant, this very moment. But God is everlasting. To him, a day is like a thousand years. And so I think it's true to say that if we're trusting in Christ, we have all the blessings of Christ here and now. We have them by the power of the Holy Spirit. But sometimes we have to wait for the fullness of those blessings to become real over time. And some of those blessings will not be fully realised until we're in glory with Christ. But this passage that we have before us today does teach us a lot about how the everlasting God blesses his people in the here and now. I have three points for us to consider as we study God's word together. There is the miracle of God's blessing. There's the division of God's blessing. And then finally, there's the ordinariness of God's blessing. Let's look first of all at the miracle of God's blessing. The first seven chapters of 21, if you have a Bible there, it'd be helpful to have it open in front of you. Well, we're going to skip through this chapter fairly quickly, I think. The first seven chapters of, or, sorry, the first seven verses of chapter 21 well, they make it very clear that the conception and the birth of Isaac is a miracle of God. We're told twice in verse 1 that it was God who caused the pregnancy. The Lord visited Sarah and the Lord did for Sarah. Both times it's in accordance with his word and his promise to Sarah and Abraham. And then, more than just being told that specifically, that the pregnancy is a work of God, we're assured that, that Abraham is old. Verse 2 and verse 7 tell us Abraham is old. And then in verse 5, we're told exactly how old he's 100 years old. And that's all to make the point that this child that is born to Abraham and Sarah is a miracle child. This is not something that came about in the normal way. The conception and the birth of Isaac was a miracle of God. Needless to say, this is applicable to us as we sit here at the beginning of Advent. 
Abraham and Sarah waited and waited and waited for the intervention of God to fulfill his promise of a child. 25 years. 25 years. Nine chapters of the book of Genesis. And finally, Isaac is born. Over the next few weeks, we're going to be waiting, aren't we? Waiting for the celebration of the coming of the Christ child into the world. Again, how did Jesus come into the world? Through a miracle of God. Mary wasn't old like Sarah, but she was a virgin. And the baby born to her in Bethlehem was not conceived in the normal way at all. The child born to Mary was conceived by the Holy Ghost. And so as we wait for the celebration of the first coming of Christ in, in meekness and in humility as a baby in a manger, we also wait for his second coming. We long for the day when, when Jesus will come in the clouds, bringing full and final salvation to all his people. When he will, will raise us up to meet him in the air. Like many people in our world today would say that's not going to happen. They would say that the return of Christ isn't going to happen. That the world doesn't have an end. That there's not going to be a day of judgment. Many people would say it's incredibly unlikely that we will ever see Christ in the flesh. And in a way, I would agree with them because it's not likely. It's not likely according to human methods of measuring these things. It's something that will not happen because of us as human beings. It is a miracle of God. The people who doubt the return of Christ would also doubt that Abraham and Sarah would have a child in their old age. They would also doubt that the Virgin Mary could give birth to a baby. These things are not likely, they are miracles. The way of God is not to do things that human beings expect or understand. The blessing of God through Jesus is a miracle. It's a miracle of mercy and grace. It's a miracle, isn't it, that, that God saves sinners like you and like me. It's a miracle that, that we can have a relationship with the everlasting God. That people who, even people who are doubtful, even people who are sceptical about miracles can be saved. Can be brought into the family of God through his intervening mercy and grace. Just as God brought his blessing of a baby into the lives of Abraham and Sarah in the most unexpected way as he brought the blessing of the Christ child to the whole world in a miraculous way well so too he can rescue you he can rescue a sinner someone who's made from the dust of the earth and he can give you everlasting life it doesn't seem likely does it but it can happen because God is a God of miracles. 
and his blessing is a miracle. If you trust in him, you will know the joy of his blessing here and now. And you can know the anticipation of hope that comes from waiting for the day of his return. Friends, please don't bury your head in the sand today. <coughs> don't turn your back. Do not ignore the miraculous blessing of God that could be yours through trusting in Jesus Christ. And listen, that is a warning. And it's a genuine and heartfelt warning because in our second point, what do we see? We see the division of God's blessing. The division of God's blessing. In our passage, Genesis 21, there are two types of laughter spoken about. Sarah, well, Sarah laughs with joy at the birth of her son. Abraham even names him Isaac, which means laughter. The miracle of God's blessing has caused great joy to come to Sarah and Abraham. And it's the same joy that comes to us through the miracle birth of Jesus Christ. As we've already mentioned today, Jesus means God saves. And that should cause more joy in us than, than even the birth of Isaac to Sarah and Abraham. We should react to the news of the birth of Jesus, along with his mother Mary, who proclaimed, My soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit has rejoiced in God, my Saviour. We should rejoice with the heavenly host. What did they sing on the night of Jesus' birth? Glory to God in the highest. We should rejoice with the shepherds who glorified and praised God for all the things they had heard and seen. Our reaction to the miracle of God's blessing should be to rejoice in the blessing of God. But I hope you can see there's another possible reaction. Do you see the other reaction to the blessing of God? The other type of laughter that's in our passage? In the original Hebrew, it's the same root word, but in our English translation, it's given as scoffing. You see it there at the end of verse 9? Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian, whom she had born to Abraham, scoffing. Ishmael laughed. He laughed at the blessing of God through Isaac. But it wasn't a laughter of joy. It was the laughter of mockery and rejection. God's blessing causes division. There are those who will accept it with rejoicing. And there are those who will reject it and ridicule it. This causes Hagar and Ishmael to be cast out, to be separated from Abraham and from the people of God. This division happens in our world as well, doesn't it? There are different ways people react to the blessing of God. In many ways, Christmas and all of its trappings are, are something that exposes that division. So many people in our world today are, are happy to use the word Christmas. They celebrate all the worldliness of this event without ever noticing the origin of the word. The fact that it contains Christ. In a way, isn't that a mockery? 
Is it not mockery to our God and his blessing? Christmas is a time for celebration and joy. Absolutely. I'm no Scrooge. But I wonder if many of the celebrations that take place at this time of year have their focus on the wrong thing. I wonder if people settle for the signs rather than the thing they're pointing us to. I wonder if we simply enjoy the the glowing and twinkling lights shining in the darkness without thinking of Christ as the light of the world who came to expel the darkness. I wonder if we'll feast on turkey and ham without thinking about the great feast that awaits us at the end of our waiting when Christ returns. I wonder if we'll exchange gifts without thinking about the wonderful gift and blessing of Jesus to this world, a world in desperate need of salvation. We should celebrate this Christmas. We should be joyful. But don't lose focus of what the celebration is about. The Lord Jesus Christ. If we settle for earthly and worldly things, I think we make a mockery of Christ. Just like Ishmael did of Isaac. God's blessing divides us. It's divisive because there are those who accept it and embrace it. And there are those who ignore and reject it. But I don't want to neglect what happens to Hagar and Ishmael, especially verse 19 of our passage. I think it's significant. My hope is that this Advent and Christmas season can help us understand and embrace the last point. And that is the ordinariness of God's blessing. Hagar and Ishmael have been removed from the family of Abraham and in a real way they've been separated from the blessing of God and the people of God. But they are still under God's protection and his provision. What does verse 19 say? Then God opened her, that's Hagar's eyes, and she saw a well of water. And she went and filled the skin with water and gave the lad a drink. You see the ordinariness of God's blessing here? What did they need? They needed water. What does God provide? He provides them with water. Water is perhaps the most ordinary thing. It's one of human beings' most basic needs. And it's provided and given by God. The fact that they're outside of the people of God might confuse us. But the Bible lets us know that there are temporary blessings to be found in this world that do not amount to salvation. Theologians call this common grace. It's the grace of God that is available to all people regardless of whether they follow Jesus or not. The Lord Jesus Christ himself even said, the Father makes his Son to shine on the evil and on the good. He sends rain on the just and the unjust. I think one of our tasks as the church, as witnesses to this world, is to point out the fact that people have the ordinary blessing of God each and every day. Perhaps there's no better time for that than Christmas. 
a time of year when people are open to the idea of transcendence and beauty. Maybe not always open to that idea. People who have no thought for Christ will, will still likely know some of the words of the Christmas carols. And so it's our job to, to point them in the right direction. To show them there is a way to know the God of the carols. To show them that we can know the peace of God that the carols sing about. And, and we can know it in a way that lasts for all eternity. Not just the, the, the tingle of the spine. Use this time of year to point, to pe point people that even if they don't accept or acknowledge it, the God of all creation is blessing them in all manner of ways, ordinary ways. Maybe even invite people into a service of worship this Christmas to hear about the God who blesses them. Let's finish by looking at the last few verses and the story of Abraham's agreement with Abimelech. In that story too, we see the ordinariness of God's blessing for the people of God. In a special way, God blesses his people. He blesses all people with his common grace, but he blesses his own people in a special way, with his special grace. But Abraham, the, the blessing that came to Abraham here was ordinary as well. He was blessed with water. Abraham dug a well. And the incident here with Abimelech is basically the two of them making an agreement to say that this well is Abraham's well, not Abimelech's well. Here we have God blessing Abraham in a very ordinary way. Again, providing water for him in this place as long as Abraham stays there. But Abraham's reaction to God's blessing is significant. Hagar didn't do this. What did Abraham do whenever God blessed him? How does Abraham react to the ordinary blessings of God? Look at verse 33. Abraham planted a tamarisk tree in Beersheba and there called on the name of the Lord, the everlasting God. We've seen Abraham do that before. It's his practice to worship God regularly. And here we have him worshipping God for this ordinary blessing of water for him and his flocks. And so in this chapter of the Bible we see God blessing Abraham in a miraculous way with the child of promise. And in a very ordinary way with a well to meet his everyday needs. And I think this applies to us at this time of year. Maybe you don't want me to say it, but you know, in one month, it'll all be over. The decorations will be going back in their boxes. The trees will be wilting and brown. The lights will be wrapped up and put away. The specialness of Christmas will be gone. But actually the specialness of Christmas won't be gone, will it? Because God doesn't withdraw from his people in the month of January. When the transcendence of Christmas has come and gone, there will still be a meeting with the almighty and everlasting God here. Each and every Sunday. I hope that we will be content 
In fact, now I hope that we will be joyful about the ordinariness of public and gathered worship each Lord's Day. Even when the lights of Christmas have faded, we can still come and sit under the ordinary means of God's grace. Friends, the everlasting God is seeking to bless you today, just as he does every Sunday, and will continue to do until Christ returns. Will you accept his blessing? It's a miraculous blessing. It is a divisive blessing. Quite often it's an ordinary blessing of exactly what we need. Water in the wilderness. Let's pray together.